0: Welcome to Just the Taste. I'm Scott Curry with Chef's Best. We gather to talk about the trends in marketing, retail, and production in food and beverage that are shaping the industry. Joining us today is renowned creative director, David ziegler Voll. David is creative director for Marketing by Design. For over 10 years, he served in the creative director role as senior package designer for Trader Joe's. He was responsible for the package design for the nationally distributed Trader Joe's food and beverage items we are all so familiar with. Prior to Trader Joe's, David was principal of Tornado, ZV Creative, creative director at Pollock Advertising, and visual director for Buffalo Exchange, which must have been a wildly fun and creative job. You can learn more about David's many talents and services at mbdesign.com and his own website, davidtornado.com. David, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Great. So, so David, you, you left Trader Joe's not too long ago. You know, tell us what you're up to these days.
1: Oh, just kind of goofing up and hanging out. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm really fortunate to have had uh, a decade of my career spent with ostensibly one of the most successful private label grocers of all time. Um, I worked with some amazing talent, really got to know the business of private label, you know, very intimately. Um, but I also have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit um after being introduced to the private brand for marketing by design uh by christopher durham whom i think you interviewed recently um i just had this sense that there was like enormous room for personal and professional growth and when i met with the partners maria and richard we just we hit it off you know quite spectacularly so it felt like a really natural and a good place for me to take my career even though leaving trader joe's was very tough so you know very excited to bring my talents an expertise of private branch and new clients with MBD, and, you know, really just to create some really great work.
0: Super. Well, yeah, uh, t- 10 years, uh, a 10 year plus run at, at a company these days is uh, at the very least a badge of loyalty. And uh, uh, I'm sure it's a wonderful experience that you can parlay into even more success. Uh, so, you know, shifting a little bit to your tenure at Trader Joe's, which, you know, is emotional because it's so, so notable and, and, uh, you know, just kind of ubiquitous in the industry. Uh, it's of interest. Um, let's start the talk with kind of your key role. You served the Trader Joe's. Um, you know, a- as you saw it, you know, what was kind of the value proposition of Trader Joe's? What was what was kind of the, the governing thought, um, you know, behind Trader Joe's that uh, certainly also just, you know, inspired the designs that you helped create? Um,
1: I think with Trader Joe's, it's interesting because, You know, value, value, the word value itself is very big at Trader Joe's, Um, even directly from their website. They say, you know, value is a concept we take seriously. And by value, we mean great, you know, great everyday prices on all of our great products, no sales, no gimmicks, no club to join, no special cards to swipe. Um, I think Trader Joe's has been doing private label for so long that their biggest value proposition proposition is actually trust. You know, people trust Trader Joe's with their lives um, and it's a level of trust that's really hard to manufacture. So I would say that, you know, having um, that built in level of trust is, is a big thing for Trader Joe's.
0: Mm -hmm. And I I think one of the, uh, you know, personal fascinations that I have, which is that uh, for better or worse, uh, when you shop private label at most grocery retailers, uh, you know, you, you, you're you aware that you're purchasing private label, uh, again, for better or worse. Uh, Trader Joe's has managed, in my view, to, uh, you know, design packaging in a way that you almost don't know or feel or recognize, whether you care or not, that you're shopping mostly private label, uh, private brand. It, I, I'll guess I don't know, and, and nor am I asking you, but probably like eighty-five to ninety percent of the products at Trader Joe's, at least uh, the ones I've shopped at, seem to be uh, private brand. Yet when you peruse the aisles, you really don't notice that. <laughs> um, so, so uh, I'm sure that that there's got to be some intent there. Um, there there appears to be kind of a common design aesthetic, but it's it's by no means a template. So. Um, it, it, in your words, when you look at, you know, kind of the entire private brand of Trader Joe's, what, what is kind of the design aesthetic that, uh, you aimed for if there was an attempt to create consistency? Cause as I mentioned, which I, I think I'm patting you on the back for, you, you don't really mm-hmm. notice that you're shopping private brand uh, the, the entire time because they're, each design is so unique.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you almost answered your own question without a doubt. Um, you know, you can, anybody that walks the aisles of Trader Joe's will, you know, come away with this conclusion um, that the design is, is stylistically sort of all over the map. You know, one might come to the conclusion. It's as if there's no style guide. Um, I'm not saying that, but one might come to that conclusion. Um, aesthetically speaking, you know, some products include nods to the engravings which are found, you know, in the TJ Spiritless Flyer, which is their version of a circular, um, you know, an occasional Hawaiian theme, you know, here and there. But I think the aesthetic is really, as you, as you stated, sort of singular to the product and the product's audience. And again, that's, you know, just observational and not a suggestion as to, you know, Trader Joe's uh, strategy. And just to give you like a couple of examples... One of the designs that I that recently just made its debut debut in the stores uh, of rose oil hand cream, features a really you know nice contemporary design, clean typography, a rose copper hot foil stamp. Um, You know looks radically different than say a grass fed whole milk yogurt that I designed. Um, So yeah, you can easily observe that the only consistent brand on it really is the logo. And I I think this is probably like the future of of private label and private brand you know if a if a grocery store that's almost entirely private label follow with a strict brand guide I mean that would be a really terribly boring shopping experience so.
0: <laughs> you're, you're, you're right I'm, I'm envisioning that and that would be uh, I don't know something out of um, you know some I don't know weird future <laughs> um, I just so standardized that it would be like I said just yeah. Just I remember more, when I was dystopian. <laughs> yeah.
1: I remember when I was a little kid that my this would probably be my first experience with private label, and it was just that you walked in and you know it was like in a warehouse and cans of vegetables, and it just had a white label and and sort of like that Acme lettering from you know. Um, Bugs Bunny, and uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, what is it called? Oh, Wily Coyote, like the Acme Wily Coyote, yeah, 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 yeah. face, and that was it. And I think there might have even been like a like a olive green band that went around. I mean, we've come such a long way from from you know from that. It,
0: it has and uh, Thankfully, Trader Joe's I don't think sold dynamite uh, to to the Wily Coyote. Uh, so here, here, let's give yourself a chance to pat yourself on the back. How, how many? Uh, Trader Joe's products, do you estimate that you uh, touched or directly designed during your uh, over one decade of tenure?
1: Um, well, you know, Trader Joe's is almost entirely private label. I averaged about 150 SKUs a year. That's a lot. I've actually had somebody challenge me and say, that's impossible. That's, you know, <laughs> you know it's almost like you're designing something every day. Um, obviously, some of these were more design intensive uh some of these were like nutrition pack panel updates um that type of thing but i can literally walk down any aisle and point out hundreds of items i've designed it's you know it's kind of it's kind of weird actually it's like <laughs> you, just, you know putting things in your cart and you're like wow i designed a lot of this so and a lot of that's, items that have designed it just they've been you know since then since their inception have stuck around so
0: that's great it's it's uh a better feather in the cap than me getting excited about my own retargeting ad, uh, serving to myself. Uh, so, so if you can, what, what was, uh, what was your favorite or maybe most memorable design that you did?
1: Uh, you know, there's, I get this question a lot and I always have a hard time answering it because, you know, there's that thing, you're only as good as your, your last design. Um, I think one that stands out for me, um, it's a seasonal item that comes, comes back every year. Um, and it's called a taste test of caramels. But when the project was handed to me, <clears throat> the name of it was a 12 days of caramels. And it was this kind of the, the the actual shape of the box was sort of like a, almost like a two by four, like it's like kind of a long skinny box. And and inside there were, you know, 12 different caramels and they had these kind of strange flavor profiles like blood orange and peppercorn. So, you know, kind of unconventional flavors. Um, and I was really struggling with the design. Like I just, you know, 12 days of caramels, you know, I showed it to my group, my peers, and somebody said, you know, kind of looks like an auto trader <laughs> ad. And I was like, <laughs> It, but, I, he, but he was totally right. I mean, I was not offended at all. I was like, I know, I know. I'm just like, this is, I don't know, twelve days of caramels, and so I started thinking about it a little bit differently. And I think this is something that's important for private label and private brand um, designers and, and teams is to start sort of thinking conceptually. So, you know, I stopped thinking about this item being, you know, the seasonal, this Christmas holiday thing, you know, twelve days of caramels, and I thought, well, it's already in this really unique structure. And it reminds me like when I was growing up, I loved board games and I was like, well, what if, what if this was like a game and the flavor profiles are are so wacky and out there anyway, wouldn't it be funny if we actually came up with a whole game concept, you know, for, for this item. And so I came up with a taste test of caramels. Um, From there, the design just, it just designed itself. Well, four years Uh, in a row, it has been the first thing to sell out during the holiday season, because it's so pop, it's so wildly popular, just people love this concept. So I think, again, I really, you know, patting myself in the back, but as far as something that I worked on designed, you know, wrote the copy, um, I think it's important for Again, for for private label to to be able to breed excitement through coming up with not just great products and not just great design, but also thinking conceptually about how consumers are going to react to, um, you know, a package. Why do they want to pick this up? Why do they want to Instagram it? I mean, those are really key, um, especially with everything being so competitive right now. It's it's got to be it's got to be special.
0: That's that's wonderful. That's great, and and it sounds like with Trader Joe's being it, you know what I would call a quite kind of happy, fun brand that you had a uh, kind of a long rope to be able to explore. Um, What's kind of your, what's your approach to design? Um, You know, obviously it would be a little bit honed by by your experience at Trader Joe's, but how do you like to approach a a project? Do you like to start with, you know, like a, a brief from the product manager and then uh, you know how iterative do you do? You, do you like it? Just share with me, kind of your thought process and how you like to approach a design.
1: It's interesting. I'm I'm a little bit old fashioned in that I don't like to look at a screen that has nothing on it and just start pulling in type and pulling different elements. I'm definitely you know start with a sketch. Um, it just makes it makes designing so much easier. I like to to think about again you know conceptually even if it's a small detail. Um, involving some kind of element that you know if a customer doesn't pick up on it or they don't get it, it doesn't negate the design. But if somebody does get it, it's they're sort of let in on the joke. So i like to incorporate, you know, those types of elements. Um, again, I think those these are the type of things that, that separates, you know, good design from great design and whether or not somebody decides to, you know, post your something that you designed or a product that you developed on their on their blog or their website. Um, Just those little details. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, again, having a story, having a concept makes, for me personally, makes the design process so much easier so that I'm not just kind of, you know, staring blankly into space wondering when, you know, what typeface I'm going to use.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about that We, we mentioned there, which is, you know, the idea of a concept and why it's so important, I think. I think uh, you know a- any marketer listening to this is, I'm sure, tangled with someone that wanted to go in a more safe or conservative direction. Uh, I-, I like to always say that you know respect the respect the person that's going to read your communication, and let them have their own aha moment. You know, because that's when your brand and, and the message that you're trying to convey will actually get you know imprinted and seared into their memory versus, uh, you know, discarded along with the other, you know, whatever, 1500 brands and logos and boxes and ads and everything they see during the day. Um, how important is it to, uh, you know, have that, I hate this word, but cleverness that allows the receiver of the message to have a moment where they get it, you know, kind of, it's like, it, it's kind of like when you get the joke, it's a better joke, you know, (laughs) Um, how how does that apply to to design where you're you're relying on the relying and respecting the receiver to have a thought process and, and, and have a brain and give them credit for connecting the dots so that they have a moment. How important is that?
1: I mean, I think there are considerations, you know, you don't want to create something that's so esoteric that only 1% of the population, you know, is, is going to pick up on, um, you know, I, at the same time, I don't think you always have to hit somebody over the head with, with your cleverness. And I think that there is, you know, something about the process of discovery. Um, you know, uh, I think too, you know, This ties in a a, a tiny little bit, um, but just sort of thinking about, um, you know, that that Trader Joe's is both a store and a private label brand. Um, So they're mostly selling, you know, their own brands as opposed to most retailers that are selling national brands next to to their own brands. Um, But I think what Trader Joe's gets and and many retailers don't is that simply sort of putting your logo on an item that's, that's not your brand. You know what I mean? Like I want to I I kinda want to repeat that. Like a logo isn't a brand. Um you know a brand guide isn't isn't telling your brand's story. It's not letting you in on those like clever little jokes or those those visual cues. Um it it's you know pairs and bold and PMS 130 isn't conveying authenticity. It's not telling a story. You know, a brand executed well or bad is ultimately you know it's cumulative effect of a shopper's experiences and perceptions, you know, and that could be whether it's online, you know, with jet.com or a brick and mortar, you know, at target. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, I think ditching the brand book um, is a really good way to, to start thinking more conceptually about design, thinking more about connecting with your audience, um, finding those little tidbits of, of something clever or special. Um Trader Joe's uh, have a work on this this cheese label it was a um, an oak wood smoked cheddar cheese. And this is a label that was two by three inches at the very at the very largest. And you know a good p- portion of this label was taken up by a nutrition back panel. So mostly of what you're left with is tight. And you know, so you know, put in kind of like this wood texture and you know oak wood smoked cheddar. And at the very, very bottom of the label, in small, like small eight point type, I wrote Oakley Doakley, but it's spelled it O A K. So kind of like, you know, Ned from The Simpsons. You <laughs> wouldn't believe how many people picked up on that. And those are things that you're not going to find, you know, in a brand guide or a style guide. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that. I will talk about this more if you want to. Um, you you know it's it's impossible to to create that that sort of compelling level of engagement. You know if you have okay here's the, you have these eight type eight typefaces and you have you know these six colors and you combine them together to make this. It's like oh well, that's that's pretty boring.
0: Very very well said. All right, well David sh- shifting gears a little bit uh, you know away from Trader Joe's, which I appreciate you sharing. Um, yeah, just some really cool stories. Um, and, uh, I, I know it's gonna, uh, I, am kind of looking forward, honestly, that my next visit to Trader chose to, to, uh, think and muse on what, what you may have designed and, and, uh, you know, look for those little, little, uh, clever insertions that you had, um, we shifted to just overall food and package design in the industry. Uh, you know, there seems to be a lot of change underway in my view, from a, from a private brand standpoint. Uh certainly as you mentioned it's moving from this you know purely generic, uh, you know, very boring, uh to an actual branded item where you know there's if not a concept behind it, there's at least an attempt an attempt to connect to the customer, uh you know, deeper than than you know just the, the Safeway logo or what have you. And we know Coke is uh has stepped out on a limb with their new designs and I think I recall, I think it was Tropicana. Uh, stepped out there a little bit as well, but uh, what what are what are some of the trends that you're seeing uh, in food and package design right now, and uh, kind of what's exciting you about the direction that the industry as a whole is
1: moving? I mean, it's a really exciting time for you know for for private brand in general, um, you know. I don't want to like, you know, keep shredding brand books. (laughs) Um, They have their time and place, you know, certainly, Um, you know, I'm not not definitely not suggesting they they shouldn't exist. Um, I think too often newcomers to private brand think it's about knocking off, you know, a national brand and it's it's almost like the, the polar opposite, you know, consumer trust for private brands is skyrocketing. Um, It's a nimble business that allows private grocers to control things like ingredient decks and nutrition values. Um, There's a certain level of impermanence, which is to say, you know, much more flexibility um, that exists in private brand that national brands, you know, don't have. And I I don't foresee Doritos suddenly, you know, radically changing the the formula of of Doritos. Um, You know, again, private brand having the flexibility to, to, you know, change as consumer habits, you know, or or attitudes change. But I think what really excites me is um, the high level of design we're seeing in the private grocery business. I mean, there's just so much stunning, you know, design happening, um, especially within haba categories, specialty products such as small lot coffees. And man, I mean, just like beer, wine, and spirits. I mean, just walk through any grocery aisle. It's just ridiculous. I mean, there's just so much great stuff happening. Um, I actually think it's forcing conventional brands to try and mimic the private brands. I, you know, I just um, saw some Sam Adams, um, some beer, like some 12 packs. And I'm like, wow, they are really like, they're really competing hard for for that customer. That's picking up the $16 four pack of the latest crazy IPA. Um, so I think it's just, just speaking from a desi- design spe- uh, perspective and being a designer, like it's a, it's a, I'm really excited for, for all of this stuff because it just feels like a wide open, you know, canvas. Um, I do kind of want to leave you with this. I recently <clears throat> recently stumbled upon this earth fair private label cheese. Um, and I wish I could remember the article I was reading, but the, the image of this, of this piece of cheese. So earth fair is a grocer, I think in the Midwest or maybe the mid Atlantic, um, it's just this real of brie, but it was wrapped in parchment, with a really elegantly designed label, beautiful typography, excellent color choices. Um, but the brand itself, the brand Earth Fair, it's buried so deep in the design that unless you put on reading glasses, you might miss the eight point copy that reads discovered by Earth Fair. Mm-hmm. So I think this is where we're headed, You know that the brand is in the details, not the logo. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, I want to make sure that folks know how to contact you. Uh, you have a website, davidtornado.com, which if you don't think I'm not going to ask you about what David the Tornado is, then uh, <laughs> you, you don't know me well. We'll come back to that, but you can go to davidtornado.com. And you know, what, what, what you know, David, what, what what, do you want to work on next? What, What's kind of your goal uh, to continue within package design um, you know, do you want to branch uh away from private labels kind of you know, what would you like to work on in the next, you know, year or two here?
1: Um, well, I think circling back to um working at NBD, um, that's sort of why I'm here. And I, I don't really foresee myself kind of, you know, branching too far out um into into um anything other than private brand and private label grocery just because that's I feel like that's what I really know and that's what I get excited about. Um, And I'm really looking forward to working, you know, with, you know, clients that I haven't worked with before. Um, and, and, but mostly I really want to, I really want to elevate design as much as possible whenever I can. Um, and I, I want to give, you know, my clients the best, you know, possible work, um, and hopefully, you know, convince them to take some risks along the way.
0: Awesome. So, so it's David the Tornado. So, what is that, David? Is that a college nickname? You, you don't seem like a tornado type to me.
1: So, <laughs> I really wish the story was a little bit more interesting. I get the story a lot. I'm just gonna have to come up with something better than this. But um, I had my own little design studio in Tucson, Arizona, for six or seven years, um, and the Arizona Daily Star, which is the main newspaper in, in you know South West Arizona. Um, they were writing a story about what Chisun was doing to keep the creative class, so attract you know, talent and, and the creative class. Um, and somehow my name had been passed on to this reporter. And so he asked if he could interview me. He gave me sort of the gist of the article and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So we met, he took the notes, he left. And like three days later, on the Sunday paper in the top fold, and this is the first sentence of the Sunday paper, right? And it says, David Ziegler Bowl is a tornado of creativity and may be leaving, you know, Arizona. And within about 20 minutes, (laughs) my phone was ringing off the hook. My clients were like, you're moving? What? You're moving? Like, I even had my, like, my dentist call. I was like, you have to pay your bill before you leave. So.
0: There you have it. well, I want to thank you for for joining us, David. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you can you know people can find your work at davidtornado.com. Uh, it's worth a gander. Um, you you will certainly see many package brands that you're familiar with, and I know that some are of which are presently in my house. Not to uh, give full endorsement to Trader Joe's, but they are. And then uh, you know, in marketing by design is who the uh, the group you're with right now, and. From correct that is
1: mbdesign.com. Yes, please um, please check us out. We have the talent.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, David. It was uh this has been a great conversation. It, it, it's 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 wonderful to speak with someone that um, was kind of behind the scenes of so many, you know, well-known uh, and successful uh, designs that are they're they're simply a, a part of our everyday life. So This has been really cool, and uh, we wish you the best of luck, and thanks for joining us.
1: Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us on Just a Taste, of Chef's Best Production. Join us again next time as we talk to more experts in marketing, retail, and production in the food and beverage industry. You can always visit us at chefsbest.com to learn more.